everybody. Welcome to Thieves Monthly Movie Loot. My name is Carlo and this is our fourth episode. In case you haven't listened to the first episodes and what my monthly movie challenge is about, at the beginning of each month I come up with a set of 15 random criteria and then set out to watch 15 films that meet them during that month. In the previous two episodes we talk about the first 10 films I've seen during February. Today we will talk about the last five films I saw to round out the month, so let's get on with it. A film from the 1001 movies you must see before you die list whose ranking includes the number 2. For this first category I saw Fitzcarraldo. This is only my third Werner Herzog film after Rescue Dawn and Aguirre. Uh, this one follows the titular character played by Klaus Kinski, an European man obsessed with building an opera house in the remote city of Iquitos, deep in the Amazon River. How will he achieve this? Well, he's gonna do it in the most extravagant way, by transporting a huge steamship through the woods, which he will use as an opera house. Like Aguirre, this film portrays the madness of a character as he fights against nature. Uh, in many ways, I think the madness of the main character here is more palpable and close to us than in Aguirre's. And Kinski is excellent in the role. He, people say he's crazy, so <laughs> it, it figures. The other most notable performances are Claudia Cardinale as Fiscarraldo's lover, as well as the few of his companions that remain loyal to him. Although all of the performances are solid, the show clearly belongs to Kinski, but Herzog's direction also steals the show. Uh, there's an incredibly tense sequence as the boat is about to enter the Pachitea River, which I can say is one of the most tense film sequences I've experienced as we expect what's going to happen. I wish the film would have gone deeper into the psyche of the lead character. I felt that it shied away from exploring his obsession and its implications more. There's a scene that got to me where Fiscarraldo and his crew arrive at a dilapidated and apparently abandoned train station in the middle of the Amazon, uh, guarded by a poor and naive native who has devoted years to fixing it. Then we find out that this station was part of an early project of Fiscarraldo, which he abandoned as he pursued other projects, but in the process he leaves this innocent man on his own with no knowledge of his plans, no money, no resources. And I think that's an excellent example of what the film intends to present, how the poor and innocent are subject to the whims of the rich and the big industries. But the film only scratches the surface of the consequences of Fiscarralo's ambitions. Uh, regardless of that, I still think it was a neatly directed and acted film. I really wasn't a fan of Rescue Dawn, but between this and Aguirre, I'm enjoying what Herzog has to offer. A film from Vincent Minnelli. For this category, I saw The Bad and the Beautiful. This is my fourth Minnelli film. The title makes it sound as if it was a story of love, but it is a bit more than that. The film is the story of one man, Jonathan Shields, played by Kirk Douglas, an ambitious and selfish film producer, and his relationship with three different characters, his best friend and director, played by Barry Sullivan, an actress and eventual lover, played by Lana Turner, and a screenwriter, played by Dick Powell. The story is told in three flashbacks as we see Shields rise to fame and how he burns anyone close to him in the process. Each act packs a different punch, showing the extent of Shields' ruthlessness and self-involvement, and it is neatly portrayed by Douglas. The other three actors are great, but Turner and Powell in particular shine. In many ways, Shields' story is an extension of the story of Hollywood and its irresistible appeal, regardless of the consequences. I think it works as both an exaltation and a deconstruction of what Hollywood is. So far, I've at least liked or loved everything I've seen from Minelli, but this one might be my new favorite.
a film that features the President of the United States as a prominent character. At this point in the month, I had seen several pretty good films. I was having a good run, but whatever good run I had came to a halt with 2008's Vantage Point. The film follows Thomas Barnes, played by Dennis Quaid, a Secret Service agent assigned to protect the President of the United States, played by William Hurt, during a summit in Spain. The film starts with an assassination attempt on the President, which is followed by two separate explosions, creating chaos. It then goes back and retells the story from several points of view, or quote-unquote vantage points, to fill in the blanks of what happened. Among those whose points of view we experience are Barnes' partner, played by Matthew Fox, Barnes' Spanish equivalent, played by Eduardo Noriega, and an American tourist, played by Forrest Whitaker, among several others. There is some novelty in the premise, but unfortunately it is worn down to the knob and there's also not much else to grab onto. The film attempts to draw surprise and or emotion from several twists and turns, but they don't work because we have no emotional investment to any character. We just met everybody. The big twist in particular packs no punch because we don't know the people involved. So it just gets a shrug. Uh, the direction by Pete Travis does show some flares of energy, but it can do much with a weak story and poor execution. A film nominated for a Best Picture Academy Award this year. Now this one was more like it. For this category I saw last year's Jojo Rabbit. The film follows the titular character played by Roman Griffin Davis, a young boy in Nazi Germany that is an enthusiastic member of the Hitler Youth, much to the dismay of his secretly anti-Nazi mother played by Scarlett Johansson. Jojo channels his jingoism and nationalist feelings with conversations with his imaginary friend Adolf Hitler, played by the director and writer Taika Waititi, but finds himself challenged when he discovers his mother has been hiding a Jewish girl, played by Thomasin Mackenzie. This is a great example of a film dealing with a serious topic and themes in a funny and moving way. The character of Jojo is a perfect portrayal of an insecure, indoctrinated boy trying to come to terms with what he thinks are his beliefs, and Davis' performance is an excellent one. Mackenzie and Johansson are also great in their respective roles, with the former being an excellent counterpart to Davis' Jojo, and the latter excellently portraying a kind of weary spunkiness as she tries to show his son what really matters while trying to protect him. Finally, Waititi is hilarious in his laid-back, slightly bonkers portrayal of Hitler, but his true strength is in the way he handles the camera, how he handles important moments like the dinner conversation between Jojo and his mother or their conversation in the riverbed. Uh, there's a reveal toward the last act that I have to say was one of the most devastating gut punches I felt recently on a film. It brought me to tears, partly because of the performance, but mostly uh, because of the way that Waititi leads us into that moment. I thought it was perfect direction from him. But the film is ultimately one of hope. I was really looking forward to watching Parasite for this category, but I'm so glad I went with this one instead. Thanks to my Twitter friend Tom for vouching for it. The film is strongly recommended. Right now it's probably my favorite film of last year. A film set in New Orleans. 
To close the month, I went with one I had been looking forward for a while. I saw Disney's Princess and the Frog. This is one of Disney's latest hand-drawn animated efforts. The film follows Tiana, played by Annika Noni Rose, a working-class girl from New Orleans that dreams of opening her own restaurant. When a selfish but disowned prince played by Bruno Campos, arrives to New Orleans. Both he and Tiana end up turned into frogs by voodoo witch Dr. Facilier, played by Keith David. The outline of the premise isn't that novel, as Tiana and Naveen, the prince, have to run against the clock to return to town on time to break the spell, while meeting an assorted array of creatures on their way. What sets it apart is a bit of the execution, with Tiana not being the stereotypical girl that's looking for a prince, but rather for independence. That message does get a bit muddled towards the end, as Tiana, surprise surprise, falls in love with Naveen, but it still manages to subvert a few of the typical tropes of the genre. Most of the boys' performances are solid, and the film is entertaining enough, but it never becomes that memorable. There are also a couple of nice songs, but none of them stick for too long. It is an enjoyable ride, but it lacks a bit of a punch and the spectacle of other Disney films. With those last five films, I round out the month with 15 films watched. There were a lot of good or great films in that bunch. The clear weakest link was Vantage Point, which I just discussed was a pretty mediocre and lifeless film. But other than that, everything I saw was pretty good or great. Particularly the handful of romantic films I saw, most of which I discussed on my third episode, like Harold and Maude, Love Stories and Dollars, and The Bad and the Beautiful, which were all pretty good. My favorite though was Jojo Rabbit, which I discussed uh, earlier. As for the next month of March, these are the categories I have chosen. A film with the number 3 in its title. Any film that starts with the letters E or F. A film from the 1001 movies list whose ranking includes the number 3. A film from the 1920s. A documentary film. The third part on a film franchise. A film with the word spring in its title. A film based on a Shakespeare play. A film directed by a woman, a film with a woman's name in its title, a film where the phone is crucial to the plot, a film from or with Warren Beatty, a film about aliens or alien abductions, a film with a prominent deaf character, and a film from Bosnia and Herzegovina. I would love to read anyone's recommendations for those. If anybody has any suggestions or recommendations you'd be willing to share, you can contact me via Twitter at ThiefCGT, T-H-I-E-F-C-G-T, or on Letterboxd as Thief12. So that's all for the fourth episode of Thief's Multi-Movie Loot. If you like it, spread the word, share the link, tell others to listen. Hope you all have a wonderful week. Give me some skin. See ya. Not if I see you first. Mm-hmm.